Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I'm very happy to welcome my guest on the show today. I think this is going to be a fun and insightful conversation. I think you guys listening are in for a treat. As always, I'm not. I, I maybe I'm just good at finding guests, or I don't know what, but I just all my guests seems to, you know, really knock it out of the park. And I think today is going to be no different. So, Rachel Friedman, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Evan. Excited of course. To be here. Excited to have you. <laughs> so I like to start off in the same place with all my guests. And that's by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most that they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? Yeah, so I am a somatic therapist and a lot of people are should have asked you, Evan, if it was okay. I have a very bad mouth. Um, a lot of people are like, what? Okay, are like, what the fuck is that? Um, and um, really, it's an approach to personal development therapy in terms of bottom up. So most approaches in the psych psychology world, psychotherapy world, are a top down approach. We go through the mind, right? But this we go through the body and to access the unconscious. Um, and it's from there that. I believe I've seen through myself and through, oh, I can't even tell you how many people, um, a lot of pretty incredible changes happen. Okay. I think that's incredible. I've always been very interested in the field of psychology. So this is a conversation that's definitely near and dear to my heart. Uh, did you have to go through the same qualifications as a typical therapist or is this so a different I process? Am, so you don't have to, I am a licensed well, actually not licensed anymore. I was a licensed clinical therapist. I did not renew my license, I don't know how many years ago um, when I moved to Georgia um, because at the time I wasn't practicing traditional therapy and um, the process just seemed kind of arduous and I didn't plan on going back into traditional therapy. Um, so I have that in my background. You don't necessarily have to have that in order to do this work it's definitely helpful um but it's not a requirement right that makes sense there's certifications training programs um just like you know these days you don't in order to help people right like a life coach doesn't necessarily need to go through the traditional routes right so this is kind of similar in that way that there is which i love it's if you're not wanting to go back to school full time and get like, for example, a master's degree, there are alternative ways to be able to support people and help people if that's something you're passionate about. Cool. Okay. Um, I love it. I love it. So what made you want to have this focus? 
Yeah. So it kind of stumbled, honestly, into my lap a little bit. So I've been an entrepreneur now for about 25 years, which when I say that out loud, I'm like, how am I even old enough to say that out loud? Um, and I, I, I fell into it kind of through the yoga world. So um, like I mentioned, I was a therapist. Um, I got very burnt out and I ended up doing a weekend course to become a personal trainer. Um, it was supposed to be a short-term break Well, I got myself kind of back, um, my head back on straight. And then um, that short-term break became now, what would you say, uh, 20 years? Um, and I, over the years after being a personal trainer, I got into the yoga world, ended up opening two brick and mortars, two yoga studios. And um, while I was in a yoga training, this got introduced to me. And I was like, this is eventually I'm going to be doing that. Okay, nice. I, I I love to hear that you were able to find that uh, that new outlet because I know that that work in the psychology field like that can be prone to burnout because mm -hmm. of there's the nature of it, you know. So I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. How did you avoid burnout in the future? Because you're still working at least sort of in that field. So what? How how do you now prevent burnout? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I think a lot of the tools and a lot of the things I've acquired a lot through yoga, to be honest, have really helped me. Um, and I didn't have that when I was straight out of grad school. I was young um, and I didn't have a lot of, honestly, the skills and the abilities I have now that are really what helped me. It's interesting because you go to school and you think, oh, you know, she has a master's and you know, this psychology that's going to help her. But ironically, they teach you a lot of theory, you know, some technique, but a lot of what I've learned over the last two decades was a lot more hands-on. Like I said, you know, learning about meditation and breath work and really learning about my nervous system. Didn't learn about a lot of that in school. Um, and those have really helped me and helped me in business. And they help me maintain my own sanity. Right. And so I can help other people and hold space for them. But yeah, I think that unfortunately we're not taught a lot of the things we need in school. And it's just unfortunate. Maybe now they are. They just weren't, I wasn't taught them. And I went to a really prestigious school. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I, I very much agree that's. That's not something typically covered in school. So I, I love the fact that you've been able to kind of discover this for yourself and really kind of cultivate those those strategies. I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in full on full disclosures, I have hired a lot of people to help me along the way. Oh, yeah. I'm a big believer in mentor, getting mentors, getting support and being your own client. You are your first client. I always say that. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're very much not wrong. <laughs> so, right. Like if you're going to help other people, especially anyone who's listening, if they, if you want to help anyone, whether it's yourself, your children, your family or clients, like it's really important that you also then are being supported. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> I love it. So when you decided that you were going to make this transition, <laughs> What was your biggest fear and did that fear end up coming true? Oh, yeah. So when I made this transition, um, what was my biggest fear? Probably my biggest fear was, you know, 
will anyone listen? Like, will anyone pay me for this? Right? Will anyone pay me? Will people, just because it's worked on me, will it really work on them too? Right? Like that kind of like imposter syndrome, like, am I rare unicorn? Um, And yeah, of course, there have been people over the years, especially in the beginning, that didn't get quite the results that I had hoped for. Um, And it's hard to swallow. And one thing I've really learned is that it's a 50-50 relationship. So it's also learning to not also blame yourself and make it all about you, right? Because you can put all your energy and all your effort in, but your clients meet you halfway. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a collaboration in a lot of ways. So yeah, unfortunately it, it has happened where some people probably didn't get quite what I had hoped for, for them. And they maybe didn't get what they hoped for, but I do have to say now, many years later, I don't tend to experience that anymore. I yeah. think as you refine your skills, um, you learn from those mistakes. Oh, we should have gone that route or, we should, or I maybe, you know, you learn new techniques, you know, things shift. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And even though the, the fear came true, sort of here, you still are, your world hasn't crashed and burned around you. It's always funny how fears work, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, one of the number one things if you want to be an entrepreneur that you have to cultivate and it's resilience and it's the uh, willingness to know that you're going to probably fuck up and then you're going to have to put your big girl or big boy pants back on and get up cry cry a little bit it's okay punch a pillow but then you got to put it all back up put, put those pants back on and show up again and again and the key is to learn from what you did and just keep moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> I I know exactly what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and it doesn't mean it doesn't suck, right? Like I'm I'm so honest with my clients. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. And it's painful sometimes. It's uncomfortable and it can be embarrassing. I am not gonna sugarcoat it. And if that's not for you, that's okay. But then entrepreneurship honestly probably also isn't for you. <laughs> It's not for everything. Yeah. yeah, it's everything, every job, being an entrepreneur or otherwise, has its own uh, pros and cons, right? <laughs> the struggles you face as an entrepreneur are pretty intense, and it requires a certain level of resilience to be able to navigate through that and come out on the other side successful. So I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, 100%. <laughs> yes. So let's say someone listening is really resonating with what you're saying, what you do, what you're helping people with. What would be one piece of actionable advice you could give that that listener could take and implement same day to begin to move in that in that direction? Yeah. As opposed um, to, of course, working with you, which is the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people one of the most important things you can do is start to begin to cultivate self-trust. And I think the first step in cultivating self-trust is deciding in advance what you're going to do. So for example, decide something that's non-negotiable for you. That's for you, right? Like for example, for me, it's non-negotiable that I'm going to every day at some point in my day, take a minimum of five minutes to do some breath work 
for my nervous system um, and then do it. That's how you build self-trust. I think self-trust is sort of the foundation of your business and it's awfully undervalued. Yes, I, I agree fully because we oftentimes work outside of ourselves we're always so focused on, on the business and on clients and on this and that and the other thing, you kind of forget that you are also a factor. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And you work yourself I mean, to the bone so hard you're not even thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, if, and also think about it. If you don't trust yourself, why in the hell, why in the heck would anyone trust in you like to give you their money? <laughs> like whatever your business is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, it's, you're doing something for someone and they're paying you for it. So at some point you have to ask for money and get that money. That's and, right. yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, all business is a relationship. I like to see it just like dating, right? Whatever yeah. it is that you are, whether you're selling a service or a product and um, you want your, you know, when you're dating someone, Right. If you want it to progress, there needs to be trust. Exactly. No, I I know what you mean. It's so interesting. I'm uh, so I'm 24 right now. I'm still definitely on the young side. And oh, you're a baby. Almost <laughs> <laughs> uh, the same age as my children. <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to it as long as I can. You know. Yes, please uh, do. Yeah, but it's just very funny the the similarities I've seen, and you know I'm single, so going out there and putting myself out there in the dating world and in the business world, it's remarkably similar i mean different in a few very key aspects but overall uh, very remarkably similar and it's so interesting to me to see those similarities so uh, all that to say i wholeheartedly agree there needs to be a level of trust and the biggest relationship you have in business is the relationship you have with yourself followed very closely by the powerful relationships you know the genuine relationship you you build with the people you work with and just the people you meet and network with so that trust needs to be percent. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and hey, the more you trust yourself, the more that comes across and the more people are probably willing to trust you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the things I think too is like the more you trust yourself, generally the more confident you will feel. And there's a lot of statistics out there, but like confidence is what actually attracts people into your field. So the level of confidence that you can stand behind in terms of your service, your product, whatever it is, is going to make the world a difference, I think, in the level of success you have. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so give us a little bit of a backstage look into into you and your work. I'd love to I'd love to see kind of the inside scoop on what it looks like to work with you. So let's say, you know, if someone works yeah. with you and they're interested in what you do, uh, what does that actually look like? Yeah. Well, Evan, you can be my guinea pig. So <laughs> you would come to me and basically you might say, I mean, people come to me often, um, you know, in the, because in their business, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling anxious, they're feeling stuck, they want it to move forward. Um, I mean, people come for a lot of different reasons, but that's just one of them, let's just say. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we would probably do something to first ground you maybe you know a little breath work or got a bunch of little hacks in my toolbox um usually something to center you and then i would we would start with a little conversation you would tell me a little bit what's going on 
And then from there, we would navigate that into like what I would call a somatic journey. So we would, I'd probably have you close your eyes and start to experience that in your body. So most people, not most people, a lot of people are very detached from their emotions. So they'll be like, yeah, I'm sad or I'm stuck, but they don't even know what that actually feels like. And your emotions live in your body. And so we would get to know that. And by getting to know it, it's like, think of it like a seed and we're going to plant the seed and then we're going to unfold it. And the more we unfold it, the more we can see the wisdom that's there for you. And you're going to actually uncover that wisdom. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions and sit with you in that experience. We get into the physical experience, which is often... I want to say ignored, but it's just not um, something that is often paid attention to. And there's so much wisdom in that physical experience. Yes, exactly. I I love that, at least from my experience, what I've seen. So to me, anyway, unique approach to doing this because grounding yourself in feeling the body that you're in and then really sitting with and expressing those emotions in a more complex way, I think is very powerful because it's true. We're oftentimes very attached from our emotions and there's no real way around just confronting them. If you're trying to deal with them, it's unfortunate, but there's honestly no other way to do it. Yeah. And so it's really about how we're going to go about doing that. And I think uh, that is a great approach. I, I I love that. That's what you do. Yeah. And really a lot of people, I don't know if everyone may not know this, but everything, I mean, science is kind of psychology research has proven that we do everything to feel a certain way. Yes. And so people buy something because they want it to make them feel a certain way. People will invest in your product or service always because of emotions. So the more you can learn how to harness them, the more powerful, the more, I don't want to say influential, but in a lot of ways you become. I know exactly what you mean. I love it. I think that is, I think that's a really cool approach that you, that you have. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, I I think we could probably talk about all of this for hours, but I want to make sure that I respect your time and the time of our listeners. Yes. So uh, I want to end by asking you to tell us, you know, if someone is interested in you and the work you're doing, where can they find out more about you online? Yeah, you can find more work about me. Website is somaticcoachschool.com. Um, and there you'll see there's two options. One is to work with a somatic coach in terms of for your own healing. One is to become a somatic coach. So we have two um, avenues. Um, on Instagram, I'm Rachel B. Friedman. Those would be the main two ways. I forget what my Facebook handle is. <laughs> all good. I'll have it all linked up in the show notes so yeah, people can awesome. use that to easily find it. And I encourage everyone listening to check all of that out in more detail. But for now, Rachel, thank you very, very much for being such an incredible guest on the podcast today and for sharing your unique insights into this very important uh, subject. Thanks, Evan, for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. 
If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.